Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. had our first firing of a coach in the NFL, roughing the passer and concussion protocols uh, need some adjusting after the first five weeks of the season, Uh, but we're going to start off, it's a football podcast this week talking about Las Vegas Raiders receiver Devontae Adams. Uh, Welcome to another edition, guys. I'm Sabadeen, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Uh, Tyler, I was at the Chiefs Raiders game on Monday night. Um, getting to the locker room, trying to go see Patrick Mahomes and trying to talk to uh, Chris Jones after he had the roughing the passer call. Then I look up on the TV screens playing in the background and I see Devontae Adams push a photographer <laughs> after the game. Um, you know, I reported today Devontae Adams is being charged with an assault um, for pushing this photographer um, who has, according to uh, court records, um, sustained a headache, uh, I believe a neck injury and possible a concussion as well. Um, whiplash included, according to court records, uh, for this incident. Um, you know, Tyler, this, this brings up an interesting topic about players and, and people on the field after games. We all saw the video. The guy just kind of ran in front of Adams. And I think, um, I don't want to speak for Devontae Adams here, but I think he just did the first thing that he thought of doing, um, when somebody's literally right in the step of your way as you're walking away, uh, back into the locker room. But, um, I guess, Tyler, what's your impression of this? This is definitely not a good moment or a, a good look for Adams, the Raiders, or the NFL at this point. So a couple things. Devontae Adams is definitely in the wrong. Emotions were running high. He saw a photographer zooming in front of him. I don't even know if he knew it was a photographer. He may have thought it was a fan at first instinct. But you can't put your hands on anybody in that way, Devontae Adams was in the wrong. But then also, you have to look at the photographer as well. No, I don't condone violence, pushing, any source of that matter. But, I mean, he just zoomed right in front of Devontae Adams. Uh, didn't look like he said, excuse me or anything. And it was, you know, a, a moment where Devontae Adams' emotions got the best of him. He just played an intense football game, a frustrating football game, the way that it ended. He was obviously frustrated over that incomplete pass that, uh, you know, well, the, the bobble that he had that, you know, and a lot of camera angles to me, it looked like he caught the ball. So he was frustrated with that call. And then, ironically, he ran into his own player <laughs> and fell down uh, the last play of the game. So then you couple all that. And then he's going off the field and about to run into somebody else that he has no idea who it is. <laughs> and that's just me first instinct. Now, I'm not absolving him of what he did. What he did was wrong. But I can understand where emotions are running high. He's frustrated. 
and he sees somebody running in front of him and then he pushes him down. But you still can't do that. But the cameraman has to know to go around players in that situation, especially players that are obviously ticked off <laughs> from losing a game. Uh, yeah, look, I all the things that you mentioned about Devontae Adams during this game here, you know, make a lot of sense. It's obvious he was frustrated. I mean, uh, you know, they had a catch down the sideline there that he bobbled, like you said, that could have put them in field goal range and they could have won the game. Um, the kicker, Daniel Carlson, is one of the best in the NFL. Um, I already had a couple field goals in that game. Uh, the Raiders were leading most of that first half um, and even into the third quarter before they ended up losing that game. And you look at the Raiders start this season, they're now one and four. They're going into the bye week. And, um, you know, I feel for Derek Carr, who has seen so many rebuilding coaches and players come into the franchise. Um, I feel sorry for Adams. So even though he's the second highest paid player among receivers in the NFL, um, you know, getting off to a one and four start isn't ideal. Uh, coach Josh McDaniels, uh, the new Raiders coach, is dealing with this as well, this start. And this if Devontae Adams faces some kind of suspension from the league, which he should, um, whether it's a large fine or a game or, or two there, but um, that's to be determined, to be determined. Adams apologized for it after the game, um, both in the locker room and, in so and on social media. You know, still that doesn't give him an excuse to do that. It was definitely a wrong place, wrong time for both of those people, right? And I think what the person here, the photographer here who's... Um, uh, doing this is is essentially, you know, he's going through the proper channels to do this when you're uh, going through an incident here. You went to the hospital for your injuries. You're filing a police report. The city finds that, you know, you're going to charge here. Um, you know, this all just looks to me like it's going to be some kind of settlement at the end of it. Um, that's kind of the talk of everybody on social media. As soon as it happens, everybody's like, man, I would show up you know, to work the next day all bandaged up, like, ready, like I've been hurt, you know, hurt really bad in an accident. And then when the guy does file charges, everybody's like, oh, he's just trying to get this, this, this. So what are you trying to, you know, you, you can't really have it both ways here. You can't criticize the guy and also say you would have, you know, done the same thing he would have done as well. But, um, you know, for Adams, I think this is a learning situation for him. This is, you know, we don't see this from Devontae Adams often. We don't ever see him lose his cool like this. Um, you know, for, for most of our, a regulation here, especially during his time with the Packers. He's always been, you know, quote-unquote good guy. He hasn't really gotten in trouble off the field. Um, so this was just a bad episode, a bad moment in judgment for him. And, you know, thankfully the guy, uh, the photographer, um, you know, wasn't hurt too, too bad outside of, you know, what the court document said. Yeah, Devontae Adams made a mistake. We all know that. And like you said, he's a good dude. I've talked to him multiple times. And hopefully this mistake doesn't overshadow you know, what he's done also, you know, individually in his career and even this season, even though the, the Raiders are off to a one and four start. I mean, he's having a really good season. He's probably one of the lone bright spots on their team uh, entering uh, their bye week because the Raiders, I mean, their season has been nothing short of frustrating. But Devontae Adams is showing week in and week out that he is still the best receiver in the NFL and on his way to another Pro Bowl, regardless how the Raiders uh, finish out. So, yes, it was a bad moment for Devontae Adams, but he's human, and humans make mistakes. Let's talk about another bad moment for the NFL this week, Tyler. It happened in the same game, Chiefs-Raiders. I was busy on Monday night, man, <laughs> let me tell you. But, uh, you know, the roughing the passer call during that game, Chris Jones is 
Um, in the second quarter, Chiefs defensive lineman Chris Jones, he's going after Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback. Um, it appeared Derek Carr is losing the football as he's in throwing a motion, right? So the ball is falling from Derek Carr's hands. Chris Jones grabs it, and he's also landing with his body weight on Derek Carr. Um, and so this is the second controversial roughing the passer call that we've seen this week. The first was uh, against Tom Brady and the, and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Grady Jarrett, their defensive lineman, kind of did like a swing tackle of Tom Brady and brought him to the ground. Jarrett was already on the ground as he's making the tackle and bringing Tom Brady down. Um, didn't really show use much of his body weight there, but, um, you know, this is a situation the NFL has to kind of uh, table and, and monitor here, Tyler, because we've seen from the Tua Tunga-Vailoa incident a couple weeks ago, Tua was dragged down to the ground in the Bengals game, had a concussion. Um, he just returned to practice on Wednesday. We'll talk more about that a little bit later here. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that the coaches and, excuse me, the referees in the NFL want to kind of police the players. They want to make it safer for the players. And you can't uh, excuse that, you know, that's a great thing that they want to have player safety as the forefront of everything. But there are situations that we've seen with these two roughing the passer calls with both Brady and in the Chiefs game that are challenging what we know as football fans and players and coaches and all of that, you know, it's challenging what we know the game to be just a routine tackle or a routine sack. And just because somebody's body weight is being driven into the ground, there's there's malicious uh, a tackle. There's a malicious move that should deserve roughing. And then there's a routine tackle that we've seen that is getting a roughing call. And the NFL has to come to a solution for this, Tyler. I got so much to say about this topic. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> so, do it, Tyler. Let's do it. This is, what is, so, this is what the podcast is for. The NFL and owners, they want to protect the quarterback. The quarterbacks are the highest paid players on the field. They're the most recognizable players. Most often, they're the face of the franchise. So you want to protect the quarterback as a quarterback-driven league. We all understand that. But on the other side, you have to understand that football is a violent game. And yes, we all know the impact of concussions, head in, any type of head injury, neck injury. We all we all understand that. But football is a violent game, and this is what the players have signed up for. And when I look at those two roughing the passer calls, um, Chris Jones and Grady Jarrett, as you know, former defenders have told me, current defenders have told me, what are you supposed to do when you sack a quarterback? You're going 100 miles an hour out there trying to get to the quarterback, what you are paid to do. And then once you finally get to the quarterback, it's like you really have to stop and think, okay, how should I hit this player? Because I can't hit him low, it's going to be a penalty. I can't hit him high, it's going to be a penalty. So I have, mind you, I'm going full speed. So I have maybe one or two feet of, of an area where I can hit him from his waist Till probably his upper chest plate. And I have to think about all this while a 300-pound offensive tackle or guard is grabbing me. I have to think about all this. And so when you're a defensive player, it's like, what are you supposed to do? So when you get there, the way the rules are set up, you might as well just hug him and hope that he <laughs> stays in your bear hug 
because you can't bring them to the ground because you bring them to the ground and you land on them, God forbid, it's going to be a penalty, which literally you're like throwing him down like and then you're you have to throw yourself the other way going like these these <clears throat> rules are set up by people who obviously have never played defensive tackle or defensive end linebacker have never hit a quarterback because you really <laughs> don't have any chance to successfully and properly hit a quarterback the way that these rules are designed so the NFL has shown the ability, the competition committee and everything have shown that they can modify rules and the roughing the passer needs to be modified very soon, hopefully as soon as uh, this offseason. Of course, you don't want a quarterback to get injured. You don't want malicious hits. You don't want players taking out their knees. You don't want them going high and hitting their head. But landing on a quarterback, come on. That's part of the game. That's part of the game. That that rule needs to be modified. You can land. You should be able to land on a quarterback. And I mean, I get it. Not don't drill him or pile drive him into the ground, but landing on the quarterback. I mean, what is Chris Jones supposed to do? He literally stripped the football and then got the he got the football, and then that's his momentum led him into the ground, led him into landing on Derek Carr. And then what's Grady Jarrett supposed to do? He didn't even land on him. He threw him down. Like, so th- these rules are egregious um, and they need to be changed very soon because it, it looks bad. It looks bad. You might as well put flags on quarterbacks right now. Just play flag football with the quarterback yeah, right? and tackle football with everybody else. When you get to the quarterback, just pull the flag and then the play's dead. Not even that. You know, when you go and grab them, you know, you got to make sure you have like a bottle, a bib to wipe them up after they have the bottle. Right. You know, you got to lay them down gently onto the field. You got to burp them before. You know, you do all that. You got to tuck them in real nice, give them a nice little swaddle, you know, sing them a good night, you know, lullaby, and then move on to the next play, right? Is that what the NFL wants here? Um, You know, I was speaking to Chris Jones after the Chiefs game, and he's in the locker, and he's got, you know, a ton of cameras and everybody around him, and he's trying to say the right things. He is saying the right things. He's like, you know, I'm 340. I mean, I'm 325 pounds. Like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) Changing up his weight here, you know, but... Uh, Chris Jones is right. You know, the NFL, he had said this to, to us after the game. He said, you know, the NFL, if it's going to call roughing the passer calls, this needs to be reviewed immediately on the field or, you know, upstairs by somebody. All of those calls need to be reviewed to see if there's um, one, malicious intent, right, two, forceful intent, and and three, if it's, you know, satisfies as a routine play, right? Because it could be a routine play and somebody gets hurt and it still shouldn't be roughing the passer either. Um, you know, and there's varying degrees of this. I think there's, you know, roughing the passer exists because you obviously don't want to have late hits on anybody. Um, but when you have a hit that's on time that we see, um, and it's changing, you know, uh, uh, you know, possessions of games that was on a third down play that, you know, the chiefs had. So if it's, you know, that extended the drive for the Raiders, it allowed them to take a 20 to 10 lead at halftime. Um, maybe we'd be a little bit more upset about it if the chiefs didn't come back and win. Or excuse me, if the Raiders didn't run into each other and lose the end of that game, you know, but, you know, this is the kind of thing where, um, you know, these decisions have the potential to swing the pendulum and change the momentum in games. And that's something the NFL can't afford to have, right? You can't afford to have Tua Tungavailoa laying there with his hands above his head 
on Thursday night football when everybody's watching one game across the country. You can't afford to have, uh, you know, the Chiefs get a turnover and it's and the call is reversed because it's roughing the passer. And, um, you know, the quarterback is still receives protection because he's in a throwing motion. Um, but the guy's weight is landing on the player as he's going for the football as well. Um, you know, the NFL, all these things are happening to the NFL in primetime games and games that all of us are watching, right? So, um, you know, it's up to the NFL to really decide what is important here. And obviously, player safety is the utmost important, yes. Um, but you got to protect the product on the field, too. The players know it. The coaches know it. Poor Andy Reid was upset as all get up on the sidelines there and after the game refused, refused to really, really say how he really felt because he didn't want to get fined, right? Poor Andy Reid. We're putting them in a situation to talk about after the game. He didn't want to. But um, there's the uh, the player safety, which is important, like I said. There's everything that we know what football is and looks like from the players, the coaches, the fans at home. Um, and then there's the integrity of the game. You don't want to ruin the product on the field. You don't want to give teams opportunities that they shouldn't have because a play is supposed to go one way and you rule it the other way. They're damaging the product on the field. And we all know that fans like to see offense. It's a quarterback-driven league. But you have to give defenders a chance. Or else, why even have them out there? Just play seven on seven and just score 50, 60 points a game. I mean, defense is part of the game, too. And it seems like a, a lot of the rules are just all catered to the offense and just forgetting about the defense. Just because the owners and, you know, the viewers like to see a whole bunch of points on the scoreboard. But it's not fair for de the defensive players at all because they get paid, too. They have livelihoods, too. They have to feed their families, too. And if all the rules are catered to the offense, it, it makes it very, very difficult for them to do their job. Right, let's switch gears here. Let's switch gears and go to the division in football we all thought we all thought was going to be the best in football this year, the NFC East. I know you thought it. I, I definitely didn't think it. I'm just kidding. I think any division with the Washington football team in it um, <laughs> is not the best division in football. I will say that. I said that last week. I'll say that again, even though the top three teams in that division improved <laughs> to either 4-1 and one and 5-0. and oh. But Tyler, you were in Arizona for the Eagles, um, you know, advancing a 5-0 against the Cardinals last week. We saw the Dallas Cowboys take care of the defending champion Rams in Los Angeles to go to 4-1. Uh, we saw the New York Giants improve to 4-1 with their win over the Green Bay Packers in London. And poor little Washington is 1-4, and, and Ron Rivera is <laughs> criticizing his quarterback openly on the field. The NFL, NFC East is off to the best start in the NFL. What can we say about what these teams are doing, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants so far? I can't believe the NFC East has three teams that have at least four wins. And like you said, the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys, they're 13-2 and two combined entering week six. I mean, I, I guess I'm, the biggest surprise to me is the New York Giants being 4-1. Uh, because they don't have a whole lot of talent across the board. And then you look at Daniel uh, Jones at quarterback. But then, I mean, right behind them, the Dallas Cowboys. When Dak Prescott got injured in the first game of the season, I really thought the Cowboys would be at best maybe 3-2, and two, 
probably, you know, two and three at this juncture of the season. But, you know, for them, I mean, their defense, Michael Parsons is the early defensive player of the year uh, in my book right now. Um, they have been excellent so far, and it's primarily because that defense. Uh, but the Eagles, I have to give the Eagles a whole lot of credit here. It's not just because, like you said, I covered them this past weekend, but they have dominated at the line of scrimmage every single game this season, and that is why they have won games. Jalen Hurts looks like a Pro Bowl quarterback now. He has made tremendous strides as a pocket passer, his command in the pocket, his poise, his decision-making, just very, very, very much improved. So this, yeah, I have to say, this is the best division in football. And it, it's a it's a huge surprise because the NFC East is lo- known as the NFC least for all these years. But, I mean, going into this week, the, it's the best division of football. And that's Sunday night. Eagles and Cowboys game in Philadelphia. I cannot wait to see that game. It's going to be, they're obviously already rivals. These two teams know each other well. They don't like each other. In fact, I asked Miles Sanders about the game in the locker room about the Dallas Cowboys, and he said, who? He didn't even want to mention the Dallas Cowboys name when I asked him about uh, the uh, matchup in uh, week six. So, the NFC East, it's a lot of good football being played right now in that division. It used to be the NFC least, and through five weeks, it's the NFC beast. But still, I'm not ready to give them that. I'm not ready to give them that, Tyler. Because <laughs> Washington is weighing them down. Um, look, uh, you know, real quick on the Eagles. Um, you know, we, we've been speaking about this every week. Um, Jalen Hurts is, is taking his game to another level. Um, his ability to both run and pass has helped the Eagles tremendously this season. And their defense has turned it around, too. You know, Nick Sirianni gets a ton of credit. I wrote a column about Brian Dable being a Coach of the Year favorite, but Nick Sirianni probably is the favorite right now because he is 5-0. and um, Let me speak about the Giants, too. 4-1, Brian Dable has done wonders with Tua Tungavailoa and Josh Allen, and now he's putting Daniel Jones in, pos- in position to succeed. Um, one of those positions is taking the ball out of his hands when they get in near the goal line, man. They had three rushing touchdowns in that Packers game, and Daniel Jones handed the ball off every time. Um, excuse me, one time Saquon Barkley even had a direct snap. So uh, Brian Dable is doing his best to put his quarterback in position, and if that means taking the ball out of his quarterback's hands, then so be it. The Giants are 4-1, and and they don't have Kenny Galladay or Kadarius Toney. They're two best receivers on paper, at least. Um, and Sterling Shepard just got lost for the season, too, because of a torn ACL. So we'll see how the Giants and their start continues, but their coaching change has definitely worked in their favor. And the Cowboys, Tyler, I think we all owe them an apology, right? I mean, after Dak Prescott went down in week one, all of us were saying Dallas' season was over. And what did they do? Won four straight games, man. Um you know, I think it's really been really impressive to see how that defense has come along. You know, having another year in Dan, under Dan Quinn, you have Michael Parsons in his, I believe, second season now, looking like a defensive player of the year candidate. Javon Diggs has gotten significantly better, um, you know, in covering guys one-on-one. They've even moved him away from safety and onto corner to defend some guys. And that move has worked out well for Dallas so far. Uh, penalty still an issue. Gone, gone down a little bit, right, Tyler? But, um, <laughs> you know, Cooper Rush has also done a good job leading that offense. Uh, they figured out who they are offensively. 
Um, you give Zeke and Tony Pollard the ball, and you find C.D. Lamb, and everything else kind of falls in between. Um, so I'm excited to see this Cowboys-Eagles game on Sunday. Um, as you mentioned before, these two teams do not like each other at all, um, and they have a lot to play for. You know, Dallas is five, uh, four and one. Uh, Philly's five and zero. Oh, um, and the NFC East it just became a bigger competition, right? Like I thought the Eagles were going to run away with this earlier this year, and now they got some really stiff competition with Dallas and the Cowboys. Um, you know, right on their heels. So the key to this game is which unit has the better game: the Eagles' offensive line. Or the Cowboys defensive front seven. We can talk about Diggs. We can talk about Cooper Rush. We can talk about Hurts. But that right there is going to be the deciding factor in the game. If the Eagles offensive line can impose their will against Dallas's front seven, then they will win this game. If Micah Parsons and Lawrence have a huge game, then the Cowboys are probably going to win because that means that they impose their will on the Eagles' style offensive line. So that's the matchup I'm going to be looking for, the game within the game. I'm, I'm looking at the Eagles' schedule, man, and this is like probably their toughest game this year, right? Like um, the Cardinals game I thought was going to be tough. I thought Kyler Murray was going to, uh, you know, you know, be the ones to hand the Eagles their first loss. They see yeah, your prime. picks. You thought a lot this uh, last week in your picks. Listen, let's not talk about my picks right now, Tyler. Um, but look, Kyler Murray messed up at the end of that game, man, sliding for that first down when he thought he had it and it was fourth. And then, you know, put the Cardinals in a really bad position there, um, really bad managing the game there. Um, Philly season, Lions, Vikings, Commanders, Jaguars. So a really soft start. Um, Cowboys are going to be their toughest test. You're going into that game 5-0. and but after that, Tyler, you know, I don't want to look ahead. Uh, the teams don't want to look ahead. The players, the coaches don't. But me and you, we can't. Fans at home, you guys can too. You got this Dallas game. But even after that, let's just say you're you're five and one. Worst case scenario, right? You got the Steelers after that. You got the Texans after that. You got the Commanders again. And then you got the Colts, right? So that's what, four games on top of a five and all start before the Cowboys game? Uh, you know the, the the Eagles might go nine and uh, you know nine and zero. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, it's a yeah, possibility. Well, I, I, I think the Colts are better than their record. Um, they need to, that Matt Ryan. Matt, <laughs> Matt Ryan needs to play a whole lot better. He looks like a statue back there. He looks uh, forty eight instead of <laughs> his age. He doesn't um, look good. But you know, Jonathan Taylor is going to come back. Uh, Kill Leonard is going to come back at a linebacker. So they have some, you know, core pieces that have been out of the lineup. I do think the Colts, that's a tough game. I mean, you thought that was a big game. There's going to be some pretty big games here uh, on that Sunday, including uh, Bills and Chiefs, man. I know I know you can't wait to see that game. Whoops. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. I pressed the wrong button, but uh, I'm yeah, going to pick well, the Chiefs again. You have some music going. I, I thought we were music. going to the club. I have some music going up, but I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. You know, I found. So a little behind the scenes here, guys. Producer Emily's coming back from a trip in London. She had a great time. She put us in charge of producing the whole podcast. And, uh, you know, I luckily found all the buttons. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. I and found he's only going to use my buttons. And the bass better than that way. I, oh, I found all goodness. the buttons. And the bass better than that way. I could play some of mine, too, you know. Oh, stop it. Yeah, that's what I should say, dude. Aaron Donald doesn't want to see me at center. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to play Aaron Donald that sound. 
<laughs> this weekend because I'll actually be at the Panthers and Ramsey. I want to play him that sound. Show him your picture. This one right here. Donald doesn't that, want to see me at center. I'll tell yes. you that right now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play that. And then and then I'm going to show him your picture. And then maybe uh-huh. next time you're at a Rams game, be like, this is the guy right here that said that. Yeah. Then I'm going to see you. can line up in an Oklahoma drill or something. I hope it's, you know, I hope I'm next to you because I'm going to just tell him. And the base better than that way. You know, I'm just going to say, <laughs> hey, you know this guy right here? Like, I know he said this about me, but. Uh, and the base better than that way. What you got to say about that, man? He's not from either. He's from what? Pittsburgh? <laughs> he won't care. He won't care. They're going to find out today, Tyler. They're going to find out today. <laughs> uh, Producer Emily has so much fun with these buttons, man. Let's get into a topic that's not so fun. Uh, the Carolina Panthers have fired Matt Rule after three seasons and a really bad start this year. Um, look, Tyler, I think we all, going into the season, Matt Rule probably had the hottest um, hot seat of all the coaches in the league. Um, and unfortunately for him, coming from Baylor into the NFL, his first time as an NFL head coach um, did not go so well. Um you know, we heard of uh, Ron Rivera, the Washington coach, talking about quarterback and wasn't really exclusively singling out Carson Wentz. But he mentioned, you know, we look at the Washington situation. They've had a revolving door quarterback. So have the Carolina Panthers, you know, from Sam Darnold to Cam Newton coming back to Baker Mayfield this year. Um, you know, the Panthers, you know, didn't lose enough games to really get all the way to the front of the draft where they needed to be to, to draft a franchise quarterback. And then the trade that they made for Baker Mayfield, along with the trade that they made for Sam Darnold, along with the signing of Cam Newton uh, last year, none of these things have worked in Carolina's favor, and they're going in another direction. It's a mess in Carolina. And what is really concerning is, despite having, you know, some pretty good players, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, to name a few, they really haven't played inspiring football to give fans any sort of optimism about the present or the future. And that is the biggest reason I believe Matt Rule was given the ax on Monday is because they haven't been playing inspiring football and his message wasn't resonating in the locker room anymore. Um, It's not his fault. Baker Mayfield is not a great quarterback. Sam Darnold is not a great quarterback. And this league has proven if you don't have at least a uh, above average quarterback, then you're probably going to be hurting most of the time unless your defense is top three. Um, I am intrigued to see what uh, Steve Wilts does as an interim head coach. He didn't get a fair opportunity with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he's part of uh, that uh, lawsuit that uh, Brian Flores filed. So, um, you know, for him, I'm um, happy to see that he gets an opportunity. Of course, it's not the circumstances that he would like. But, you know, let's see what he can do uh, with a Carolina Panthers team that isn't that good. And then he has a huge test this weekend because <laughs> they're in L.A. versus the the Rams. Now, the Rams haven't been playing like world beaters either. They don't look oh, like the Super Bowl not. champs. They're in the middle of a Super Bowl hangover. But, you know, this is a big test for Carolina. And then, I mean, they don't have uh, Baker Mayfield starting. Sam Darnold's not going to start. What, P.J. Walker is going to be QB1 in Carolina? Uh, yeah. He's an athletic quarterback, but he leaves a whole lot to be desired uh, playing football. So, whew, 
Panthers are a mess right now. The Panthers are a mess. But hey, maybe they get a, the number one draft pick in the 2023 draft. That could surely help them, right? Who are the Panthers <laughs> playing again this week, Tyler? Um, I'm not going to tell you because I know you have better a soundbite coming. And the base better than they, that way. They play the Rams. They play the Rams. And the base better than that way. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you are having way too much fun with those uh, soundbites. Producer Emily, you are in trouble that I found all these buttons. These are the best buttons ever. I'm going to pick oh, the Chiefs my. again. These oh, are so my. great. These are so great, you know. We got to keep doing this. Bro. I don't like betting against Aaron Rodgers. You know I don't, and he's he's been really bad. You know he's been really bad. Bro, what? He hasn't been bad. Yeah, bro, what? What? He hasn't been bad. <laughs> can y'all calm down? Oh, can y'all calm down? This is how the NFL feels about. Uh, this is how Tyler feels about roughing the passer calls. Can y'all calm down? <laughs> yeah, that that's true. It's accurate. It's accurate. Am yeah, I right? That's true. Am I right? There might be a few expletives in there as well, but hey. It's <laughs> better than that way. Oh, my goodness. All right. You've had enough, stop it. All right, guys. It's everybody's favorite part of It's a Football Podcast where we make our NFL picks for week six. Uh, Tyler, you alluded to it earlier in the podcast. I had a down week. I had a really bad down week. We don't need to get into it that much. Let's just get into the new new picks, man. New week, new picks. You know, I'm going to regroup, Tyler. I'm going to regroup. New week, new beginnings, huh? Yeah, man. And uh, I'll tell you guys right now, we're not going to pick the Thursday night game between Washington and Chicago. Uh, we're not? I will, I will be watching something else. Uh, what you got What you got coming on Thursday night, uh, Tyler? I have to cover that Thursday night game to do uh, my oh. traditional winners and losers post from Thursday night. So, I'm going to have to watch. <laughs> you tune into that, guys. Tune into usatoday.com. Tyler will have the recap for Thursday night. But let's get into our picks this week, Tyler. First up, we got the New York Jets visiting the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. This is an interesting game, Tyler, because we've seen the Jets win two in a row. As soon as Zach Wilson has returned, uh, the Jets beat the Steelers and they beat the Dolphins in the last two weeks. And we had the Green Bay Packers, who took a bad loss in London, man. Took a real bad loss um, against the Giants. And we got another upstart team in the Jets about to go to Lambeau Field and play them. So, Tyler, who you got this week, Jets or the Packers? The Jets wins don't inspire me at all. The Steelers aren't a good football team. The Dolphins were without Tua, and they were without Teddy Bridgewater for a lot of that game. I mean, they're not really that good either, but that's a <laughs> story for another day. Even though the Packers lost last week, I think they're going to be motivated to get back in the winner's column. Plus, this game's at Lambeau. I got the Packers. All right, yes. I'm also going to take the Packers in this one. But, look, I just got to say, the Packers haven't looked good against the Patriots. They didn't look good against the Giants, and it cost them. And this Jets game, they might mess around and lose it too, and they better not. I'm going to take the Packers in this one. I don't like betting against Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't like betting against Aaron Rodgers, so I'm going to go ahead and take. I don't like betting against Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to take Green Bay. (laughs) Tyler, speaking of the uh, Packers' last loss, let's get into the next game. We got the Baltimore Ravens going on the road to face the New York Giants. All right. Uh, Baltimore, three and two. Um, Haven't done so well this season in games that they should have won, right? Um, they did get a win over the Bengals, though, on Sunday Night Football. And we have the Giants on the other side, who are surprisingly 4-1 and in the talk in the NFC beast that we know it. But who you got in this one, Tyler? Ravens and Giants. 
Ravens are undefeated on the road so far. Lamar Jackson is playing pretty good football, although he had a few misses against the Bengals. I like what the Giants have done this season. They're off to a tremendous start. However, I think they're a little bit overrated as well. I got the Ravens <laughs> winning. I also got the Ravens winning, man. Giants overrated. Uh, look, they yes. beat the teams in front of them. They're 4-1. and one. Overrated, yeah. Look, I don't know how much longer uh, Brian Dable, the Giants coach, is going to be able to keep this together because of the fact that they just don't have any wide receiver depth, right? Um, you're going to have to take the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands at times to win. I'm not sure that's going to happen against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So I'm going to take Baltimore as well. I like Baltimore going 4-2. Uh, Tyler, this game is really interesting to me. This next game is really interesting to me. we got the Cincinnati Bengals 2-3 and three after the loss of the Ravens uh, going on the road to face the New Orleans Saints, who just came off a big win, 39-32 over the Seahawks. Taysom Hill came back and carried the rock royally there. Um, the Saints are dealing with some injury issues. Matthew Thomas, um, Jarvis Landry, both those guys didn't play. Alvin Kamara came back and saw Taysom Hill get all, most of the carries for touchdowns in that game. Bengals, Saints, who you got? In New Orleans, by the way. The last time Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow played in the Saints home stadium, they were lifting up the college football title trophy. Mm. I think they're going to lift up each other. And a win <laughs> down there in New Orleans. Jamar Chase is also from New Orleans. He's going to have a big game. I got. I definitely got the Bengals in this. Yeah, game. it seems like there's going to be a lot of gritty and going on in this game, right? <laughs> Look, I think that's a huge game for Burrow and Chase. Obviously, you want to LSU, you won the national title. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fans in that stadium rooting for those two Bengals specifically. Um, the Saints, man, they just. I just. I have so many questions about them. Jameis is hurt. Andy Dalton's doing okay. Like I mentioned before, Taysom Hill was electric in that game. Um, I just don't know about the Bengals, man. I'm taking the Bengals. I'm picking the Bengals in this game, but I just don't know what's going on with that offense because everybody is kind of zeroed in on their shotgun offense, right? Like, uh, you know, Joe Burrow plays out of the gun, and when you're playing out of the gun, it's so easy for the defense to be like, all right, well, pass, 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 pass. They're not going to run the ball out of this formation, so – I'm interested to see how Zach Taylor, you know, kind of gives some creation or, or some creativity to this offense. But I think everybody, like you said earlier this season, Tyler, everybody has an eye on the Bengals. And it's easy to kind of scheme for a shotgun offense when, you know, it's mostly going to be pass. And they're taking away their big playability. They're having a safety over the top of Jamar Chase. They're keeping extra attention on him and forcing Joe Burrow to dink and dunk down the field. And that's not what he or the Cincinnati Bengals like to do. Uh, Tyler, there's a big game on Sunday night, um, and I don't want to – I think the game on Sunday afternoon is going to be a lot better. So let's do with the Sunday night <laughs> game first. We got the Dallas Cowboys going on the road to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. 4-1 Cowboys, 5-0 Eagles. Who you got in this one, man? So what's the song? Fly, Eagles, fly. I think Ooh, that's gonna, it. I think they're going to fly to a 6-0 start. Plus, Cooper Rush is going to play for the Cowboys. I know he's undefeated 5-0 as a starting quarterback in his career, but this is the week he takes an L. I got the Eagles. Wow. This is a tough game, man, for me, because every time we pick against the Cowboys, they end up winning, right? Beat the Rams <laughs> last week. Cooper Rush has done well. Um, you know, they've kept the ball out of his hands as well and, and relied on Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott um, to carry that offense with a great defense as well. This is going to be a huge test for the Eagles, but I think they pass it at home. 
here as well. I'm going to take Philly. And right now we're four for four on the same picks, Tyler. I'm sure producer Emily's going to hate this. She's going to hate this. I think you're just trying to have the same picks as I do because you're trying to keep up with me in the picks after last week was a, a big Bruh, week. what? So Bruh, what? <laughs> Can y'all calm down? You know what Bruh, I'm saying? what? You know what I'm saying? So I just, I just don't understand. Can y'all calm down? Tyler, you just want me to pick your picks, and, and I think that is what it is. So let's go to the next game here, the final game. Game of the week. Could be game of the year, Tyler. It is always every time these two teams play. We got the Buffalo Bills going on the road again, again, yet again, to play Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this is an AFC playoff rematch from last year, the AFC title game rematch from the two years before that. Uh, every time Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes get on the field, it's a magical, magical experience. Uh, Tyler, who you got in this one, Bills or Chiefs? I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. So this one was I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. A tough game for me. Oh, this one's because, a tough one. Yes, I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. As you have uh, pressed numerous times in this podcast. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. I normally pick the Chiefs. But mm-hmm. this Sunday, I'm, I'm going to pick the I'm Chiefs again. Have to go with the Buffalo Bills. I what? think that they are motivated to prove wow. that they're better than the uh, Chiefs. This is a statement game for the Bills. And they need this game for their psyche, for their just mentally after what happened to them last year. They need this game more than Kansas City needs. Hold on, wait, wait. So Buffalo, you're picking the Buffalo Bills on the road over the Kansas City Chiefs, huh? Yes. Wow. You think it's not like play? the Chiefs have looked real good at home this year. The I'm Raiders pick almost the beat again. them. The Chargers almost beat them. Yeah, you're I right. Mean, so I, I got I got the Bills going. I got the Bills winning. You know what? I just came back from Kansas City after watching that Raiders Chiefs. Go ahead and pick the Chiefs. <laughs> I just got, you got came that back. barbecue. Got you feeling a certain way. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs again. You know that barbecue was delicious, Tyler. I had oh, it two yeah. days in a row. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> Kansas City barbecue is great. Look, that fan base is great too. Uh, I would love to see this game in Buffalo for once. I, I just want to put that out there. Um, but look, Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. I think uh, all of the all of the deficiencies that the Bills have on defense, those guys being injured on the back end, uh, Josh Allen is good enough to help the Bills go forward. But, Tyler, but, but, but. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. Hey. I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick Kansas City, man. I'm going with Kansas City here. Look, Patrick Mahomes is playing on another level too, right? And um, most importantly. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is playing on a level, another level, right? Uh, four touchdowns with Travis Kelsey, only 25 yards. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is playing really well. He's figuring out the Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling thing. Um, Buffalo's defense, though, man. Uh, you know, the back end of that defense, Josh Allen has enough to push uh, Buffalo ahead. But I think when you're going against Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be another story. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. So, so I'm going to go ahead and pick Kansas City for you. I'm going to pick so the Chiefs prop, again. Props to you for picking Kansas City. But I do have to ask you a question based off something you said. Would yes. you rather cover – a game in Buffalo or cover a game in Kansas City? Because you said you would like the game to see the game in Buffalo. So which city, <laughs> as a reporter, would you rather cover a game in Buffalo, New York? I'm going to pick the Chiefs or I'm going to pick the Chiefs City. again. Go I'm going to pick the Chiefs No, no, no. Again. Don't use my voice to kind of get you. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? You said it so perfectly, Tyler. You said it so perfectly. You know no, what? No, I do no, want to say. Get out of it. 
You know what I do want to say? I, I've covered a game in Buffalo every year of my career. This is what happens when you cover the Miami Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody looks at Buffalo as probably like one of the worst NFL cities. And in fact, it's back, actually one of the best. Uh, those fans, those fans in Buffalo are some of the best fans in the NFL. Um, some of the best fans of any sports uh, team in our country, by the way, right? Um, Buffalo ain't that bad. Niagara Falls is right there. Niagara Stop Falls it. is right there. You can have a really good time in Buffalo, man. You just have to know Stop. what you got to do in Buffalo. But I'm not even going to lie to you, Tyler. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. Thank you. I, Thank you for being honest because you well, tried to soften the blow. You know what? No, no, no. Honestly, look, there's, there's to me, there's, uh, it, it's kind of like the same city, man. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. You know, it's both really cold. When it gets cold, look, Kansas City was like in the 70s when I was there last week. It was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Buffalo is the same time like that too here in Ontario. I mean, it is a little colder there now. You don't want to go to either place in the winter. Um Both place, you know, got some really good food. You got Kansas City barbecue. You got some wings in Buffalo. You know, really good buffalo food. wings. The bu- the barbecue's really good, Tyler. I'm gonna pick the and, Chiefs again. And Buffalo? Buffalo's got the chicken wings, man. You know that's what they do over there, man. You know that's what they do. Okay. What did you say? I'm gonna I'm, 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 I'm gonna say this. And you know, with all due respect to Buffalo. Can y'all calm down? You know, I've covered a game up there. The the stadium is nice. Uh-huh. Um, you know. Going up to the game, you see all the, you know, the crazy uh, Buffalo Bills fans are out there tailgating. So that's, you know, an experience mm-hmm. that all NFL fans should witness because Bruh, you know, what their tailgate is probably the most epic tailgate in the NFL. However, oh, stop Buffalo it. is, I mean, the city itself, come on. Now it is by Niagara Falls. When I went there, I it's took beautiful. a drive it's beautiful, to Niagara right? Falls. Niagara it's beautiful. Falls is beautiful. That was the best thing about the trip. Besides my room having a hot tub in it. But that's another story for another day. Bruh, what? But, <laughs> but I'd rather definitely go to Kansas City <laughs> because of the barbecue. And it, it, Kansas City, just a, it's a little bit better city than Buffalo. It's not, it's not I'm at the top the of my list. Again. It's not at the top of my list. But Buffalo, out of the ci- NFL cities, it's near the bottom. It's near the bottom. I'm going to pick the Chiefs again. There you go, Tyler. You picked the Chiefs again. So you got the Chiefs winning at home then, huh? No, no, no. I got the Bills. But as an NFL city, uh huh. I don't want to go. Bruh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good place for us to wrap up. It's a football podcast. All right. Producer Emily needs to come back because obviously, Tyler, I found the buttons and I pressed them way too much. I apologize to you guys, the listeners. I apologize to you guys, the listeners. Can y'all calm down? I, you, you, know, can't, you can't control yourself. You're out of nah. control. Oh, stop it. You know, I, I just, I, I really can't, I, you know. And the base better than that way. All right, let's wrap this podcast <laughs> up. And the base better than that way. You know, we, we got to do it. We got to do it sometimes. I, I just want to thank you guys all for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Savadine. That's Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders of USA Today Sports. Guys, if you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and your Google Play. It's USA Today's sports-only app. All the sports uh, updates and coverage you can ask for. Download it. Pick your favorite teams. Get all the favorite uh, news and updates from your teams coming right to your phone, man. It's a really great app to have on your phone. Tyler, good luck this week. I'll see you again next week for another episode, man. See you later. And the base better than that way. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder.
Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.